Welcome to your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. Join your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne, as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth, and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host, Alexandros Megas. Okay, welcome to the 14th episode of the Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. I am your host, Alexandros Megas. And I'm your co-host, Vincent Byrne. And today we're going to tackle another controversial subject because Vincent loves controversy. I do. I do. I invite it into my life all the time. <laughs> and who am I to say no to that? We take requests here. We're like wedding musicians. Yeah. Or hospital radio. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are dealing with the concept of the truth, right? We've all heard the uh, the phrase, the truth will set you free, right? So now, if we accept that this is correct, we have to find out what, what the truth is. Because if we want to be free, we need to be on a quest to find out the truth. Because if we don't, then we won't be free. <laughs> And who wants to be a slave, right? True. It also assumes that that statement is true. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> assumptions uh, when it comes to this sort of thing. So here's my first question to you, my friend. Assuming that I had successfully brainwashed you into believing that the color red as we perceive it is actually green and then i showed you something that was universally accepted as a red colored item and i asked you what color it was to which you replied it's green would you be saying the truth or would you be lying well, my, my reaction to that is that uh, I would be telling the truth because as I understood that color um, from as a result of the brainwashing, then I would be going along with my knowledge and my belief, and therefore I'd be telling the truth. If I saw it as green and decided to say it was blue, then I'd be lying. Right. Okay, that's fair enough. So if, however, you were to cross uh, some sort of a field that is uh, a landmine and all the dangerous spots were marked red and someone said to you, just don't step on the red spots, would you have any problem being careful i mean would you actually be careful would you or would you be like oh there's no red spots here so we're good what do you think so, so i know that i'm in a, a a field that has landmines in it you know yes yeah i wouldn't care what anyone said to me i, I would still be careful <laughs> well that's because you're you know, naturally cautious, which is great. Yeah. But I'm saying, you know, if you knew that, well, it's okay, fine. Let's say it was a game and you wouldn't be blown 
to smithereens mm. if you made a mistake. Yeah. It was just a game. And but you would lose if you you know stepped on a uh, on a red uh, part that was marked as dangerous. Yeah. Would you win or would you lose? I'd probably lose because if you'd convince me that or brainwash me that what was red was actually green and someone said don't stand on the red ones then my if i don't see red because that's something different i'm now seeing it as green then i think i'd lose perfect now this is a concept that i have spent a lot a lot of time on because as you know i have been seeking the truth for a long time mm. As the song says, by the who, I'm a seeker, right? Yeah. Being that I've been seeking the truth on all fronts, I've been confronted with all these very nagging problems. And since this particular podcast is about beliefs, is about um, the conscious and the subconscious mind, it's about hypnotic manipulation, it's about all these things that can affect our mind mm. positively or negatively, then I am having a problem if I am looking for the truth and my beliefs are tainting the truth. Now, providing that the truth is a universal one, which is to say that is the truth. Like people say, oh, it's God, God's honest truth. Mm. So if there is such a truth. That usually means they're lying, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, they want you to believe what they're saying, but <laughs> not so much. Well, I guess if you claim that something is God's honest truth, yeah. then you might have some kind of a claim, some kind of a, situation some kind of a relationship in which you are privy to uh, godly truths uh, where m most of us mere mortals aren't yeah so i don't claim to have any insight on what god uh, claims is the truth mm. but the main question here is since what we're doing here is trying to make our lives work. Mm. We're trying to make our lives uh, easier. We're trying to make our lives more meaningful. We're trying to make our lives more magical. What do we do when we have to know the truth? Because if you don't know the truth, you can't follow it, right? So if your beliefs are tainting the truth, yeah. What do you think is the remedy for that? Like, how do you bypass that? What do you think? Well, I suppose the, the, the first question is, you know, what is the, what is the truth? As in, to me, it, other than this, this word, which is typically used in biblical or religious uh, ways, you know, seek the truth. Well, what's the truth in individual contexts it's easier to define what the truth is uh, which is clearly from your own perspective it's a little if i've been conditioned to see red as green then green is now my truth so i have never actually had any sense of what the truth was in 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 a spiritual sense or in a uh, a sense that was um, greater than an individual context. So I can't really comment on that, like seeking the truth. I'm, I've never got that. I never understood what that related to. But when we're looking at individual situations, like the, the examples you gave, I think it's easy to see how the truth, which would be universally generally accepted as being you know that's red so we universally accept that that's the case 
it's easy to see that, okay, well, that's true, that's universally accepted. So because I've been brainwashed, I'm seeing it as green. It's still my truth, but it might be, I might be wrong from everyone else's point of view. So that's, that's, um, I've never really explored it until, you know, until this conversation um, as, as, uh, but you do see, as I said, usually with religious or spiritual connotations, seeking the truth is a phrase that's used. And I've never really understood what it is. Okay, fair enough. Now, let me reveal to you my inner motivation for, for bringing this up. Okay. I have been, for a few days now, very morally conflicted because at the time of this recording, we have had some horrible events happening here in the U.S. pertaining to an innocent man's life being taken uh, unjustly by a police officer, uh, a, a, which resulted in, you know, very inflammatory uh, riots and and a lot of debate and. Uh, a lot of heated back and forth arguments. Mm. So me trying to make sense both out of what has happened and out of how people respond to what happened, yeah. I have to first try and discover what the moral implications are and secondly find out what the remedy may be for what is happening so ultimately we're dealing with the issue the never ending issue of racism in the world and specifically because in this country in the US it has been a topic that has always been uh, ever present uh, because of the known history of slavery and et cetera. So this is a topic that is very, very emotional, specifically in this country. Of course, you know, it bleeds over, no pun intended, it bleeds over <laughs> the rest of the nations. But... It is, like I said, ever present in this country. So since we're dealing with a very emotional topic, I have to always take a step back when, it, when we deal with this kind of stuff because I know and we know based on what it is that we have presented here in this podcast that emotion is the language of the subconscious mind. It's also what creates our beliefs. It's also what creates our programming. It's also what regulates our behavior 100%. Hmm. So when emotion is aroused, we are dealing with a subconscious mind. We are dealing with the child. Also, it is important to remind that when that happens, the conscious mind, which represents logic and rational thinking, is not involved. Which is to say, if I am emotionally charged, if I am angry at you, if I am livid at you, Vincent, how dare you? Right? Like you cheated me or whatever. Like you, <laughs> you, you, I had you be in charge of my finances and you took my money, right? Since you're like into the whole <laughs> business. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it would bring something up that you would go yeah, yeah. Something, <laughs> something defamatory. <laughs> and anyone that might watch this now that is, that is uh, you know, related to you business-wise, like, huh? Is there, is there any kind of truth in this? So let's say then that you cheated me out of my money and I'm extremely emotionally charged. I'm very angry at you. 
Mm. Now, if I am convinced uh, of this, I, I am totally convinced of this. Like, there's nothing you can say to me that can change my mind. Like, mm. almost, let's say, I almost like caught you in the act. Yeah. Is there anything that you can explain to me that can help me calm my wrath? I mean, there's always something you can say, but would it make it better? And of course, you know, I'm dealing with, we're dealing with something that is not as, uh, as emotionally outrageous here. Let's, let, well, let's say, okay, let me bring up another example here. And that's very inflammatory. Okay. Let's say, let's say, God forbid, I'm dealing with my child potentially being harmed by someone okay and that is an issue that there's like there is no like there isn't any excuse right that anyone can come up with that would make me back off mm. like people in in this position would not care like the, the, this is the part where logic would completely take a vacation. Sure. And rightfully so, because someone in this position was like, I will kill you, and I don't care if I have to go to jail for it. Mm. So when I am in this state, the question for you is, how, how do I handle that? How do you think I should handle that? How do you think I should be handled when I am in this state? Of mind. I think when we get to that kind of emotional state, uh, I remember doing a um, a workshop at one stage with someone where they they talked about the concept of losing your marbles and the idea that you might be sitting at your desk, you know, and you get a phone call from your boss and your boss asks you to come in and in the walk from your desk to in to see your boss. You've gone through three or four scenarios as to why he might be looking to see you. And that each time you come up with something, you're becoming more and more emotional and irrational. So that when you've got to sit in front of him, you've pretty much lost all your marbles. And therefore, there's no point in him trying to have a rational conversation with you because you just won't hear any of it. And that the only way that you can start to have a rational conversation is to bring you back from that irrational over emotional state and the suggested way of doing it obviously it's not a, a life and death or harm type situation but it's that you start to ask some questions um of the person so that they can go to a place which is not that worried over emotive kind of response and that through that process they gradually start to get the marbles back and then you can have the conversation that you needed to have and it's likely to uh, be heard let's say um so if you were in that situation i mean presumably if I was the person who was threatening your daughter, I probably wouldn't get a chance to ask any questions <laughs> with your hands around my neck. <laughs> um, but if I was if I was in your company and I was trying to calm you down, then perhaps that might be the approach to try and get you to calm, to think more rationally, not to stop you killing the person, but more we'll do it right and, <laughs> and um, make sure you don't leave a mess and all that sort of stuff so that you're in a much more rational place deciding what it is that you're going to do. So through questioning, that, that's, that's been the way that, that uh, I've been taught to do it and which I've taught other people to use as a result of that particular learning. Um, so I don't know if that's, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You know, of course, when it comes to this particular very uh, inflammatory situation, that kind of situation, or the situation that we've been dealing with here in the U.S., 
with the injustice mm. issue. The question then is, how can I adequately deal with this? And what is it to, what does it mean to adequately deal with this issue? Okay, am I, so going back to, uh, you know, the, the abused child, mm. what is an adequate way of, of dealing with the issue? Because of course, look, the fact that whoever did what they did is going to be severely punished is one thing. Mm. But from what I see, and there's a term for this. We we use it these days a whole lot. It's called being triggered. Yeah. Being what is what is being triggered? Being triggered is, since we're talking about consciousness of conscious mind, being triggered is me finding a handle on any one of your belief systems, your limiting belief systems in this case. Mm. And uh and, and pulling that cord, right? So, or pushing that button, whatever, mm. however you I guess pushing the button is more, is more relative because, you know, people use that for it. Oh, this person is pushing my buttons or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm pushing your buttons, that means I'm triggering you. Ultimately then that, as far as I'm concerned, from the angle of, the person who examines the mind and is interested in finding out how to untangle all the crap, all the belief systems that have been created within us, my main course of action is to find out not just what triggers me, but why it triggers me, right? Mm. So after I find out what happened, so this person pushed my buttons. Why is this person pushing my buttons in the first place? And why are my buttons there? And the buttons in this specific case have to do with the general conditioning uh, around, it's a global issue, I suppose, but since we're talking about the US, uh, the general conditioning is that uh, there has been a really intense issue with racism. Now, the way that I view this, if I attempt to step out of the box, is that racism doesn't, or anything for that matter, doesn't work only from viewed from one side. Because if I'm here and you're on the other side of the river and we're rivals, then we're both rivals, which means I, you are my rival and I am your rival. Hmm. Which means that if I am considered to be a racist by you, then I perhaps view you as a racist, but from the opposite perspective. Mm. So then we are dealing with an issue that from where I'm standing seems unsolvable, mm. right? Because it's like, it's like telling you, <laughs> it's like telling you, you know, uh, let's say we believe in two different, we have two different religious yeah, beliefs, right? Which I think is a is an interesting um, example. So you say, okay, my God is the true God, and I say, no, screw you, my God is the true God, and, and you know this goes back and forth. Now, you tell me, what is your perspective of potentially solving that situation? Is there any way? In hell, no pun intended, that we can come to an agreement when our approach is such. Yeah, I mean, the only agreement we can come to is to agree that either it doesn't matter or we're both right. And we we put down the need to to win because the only reason it's relevant is if one of us or both of us wants to win the argument. That's and, right. and obviously that's the basis for a lot of the, you know, the, the, uh, the religious sort of um, 
destruction that was caused throughout the ages where people decided they were in behind this particular God and then they decided they were going to impose it on everybody else. So they went and conquered and pillaged and all of that. I know that was the name in, in the name of how much it was actually true is, is another question. But but that's it. I mean, we only it only becomes a thing if we believe that we need to impose one on the other. Whereas if we don't and we're happy to say, well, I believe this and you believe that, then that's you know, we can both live beside each other and believe the same thing. That's OK. Right. But what that's perfectly rational. What you just said is perfectly rational. Yeah. So what you're saying is that in a situation like that, there should be a function where the conscious mind attempts to hold hands with the subconscious mm -hmm. mind, which is, as we have discussed, uh, uh, the most advantageous way of dealing with life, right? Mm -hmm. If we manage to turn our subconscious, our emotions, turn them for our rational way of dealing with life. In other words, you know, let's say we have an affirmation. We talk about we talked about affirmations. An affirmation yep. can only work if what I want is adequately communicated to the subconscious. And the only way for that to happen is I if I manage to arouse myself emotionally while I'm stating that affirmation. Yeah. So ideally, the two horses, we want them to be running towards the same direction because mm -hmm. that means success under any circumstance. If we manage to put those two horses on the same course, then we're good. We're good to go. So in this particular case, when we're dealing with something that is, uh, okay, you, there's no way you can convince me otherwise. You are an a-hole and you deserve to be, you know, killed or whatever. Because, you know, this is not, we're not talking about when it comes to this specific event. No one, there's no one that I know of that I've seen that saw that and therefore decided that, Oh, that's not a big deal. There, there's no reason for that, you know, officer <laughs> to be punished. There is no th that is a known issue, right? There's no a single person in the entire world that advocates that. Yeah, but but was it not the case that in the first instance, that there were people who, having seen it, decided that they weren't going to take action on it, and. And it was really only through the pressure of it being seen that everyone then were bailed in because they saw how awful it was. Uh, but there were people who were prepared not to take action on it. People, you mean like uh, people from on the authority on the authority? On the authority side, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's my understanding. I'm not clear on that, to be honest, because I haven't really follow the details. I'm just dealing mm. with it as a concept. Mm. So, but you know, you could be right. In which case, in which case then the outrage is valid. So, but can I just throw something in as well? The thing that has perplexed me about this is we've had numerous cases of this and, and even the, the whole issue with Colin Kopechnik doing his knee, bending the knee at the national anthem and all that. He's he's vilified. Nobody stands up for him, really. The Nike sponsors did and, and, and a few others did, but it wasn't really seen as, as an issue. So he's there sticking his neck out and taking action. He's very much isolated. He ends up having to sue the NFL. They do this out of court settlement thing and he's packaged off. And, uh, you know, we carry on and uh, as if it never happened. So that's in response to events which were happening, which he saw that he needed to take action on. And yet nothing happened. I'm What I'm curious about is 
why now? Why is this? Is it just because it was captured on camera and people saw it? But things have been captured on camera before, but nothing has happened. And you have all these statements coming out from all these people, you know, all these companies and, you know, I stand for this and I need to learn. I go, well, what were you doing before? Right. Well, because we're talking about <laughs> what you're talking about is marketing here. See, on PR. Yeah. See, PR. And, of course, this is where things turn very gray and, and very dirty as far as I'm concerned, is when certain factions of the the world on any side, you know, be it authorities or whatever it is, the media, uh, there is a PR element where someone would jump on and take the opportunity to manipulate an event and have it work in their favor to accomplish this or that. You know, let's just say... There's a political, let's just say there's a political agenda here. I, I'm not saying that there is. Right? Mm. Just, I'm just assuming that mm. there is. Because a, a lot of the times this is the case. I see a politician going out there and, and fighting the good fight. But, you know, being who I am and knowing how these things work, there's, it's impossible for me to accept that this is a genuine response. But mm. by a politician, no less. You know, this is like you know an advertising firm uh, claiming, you know, that they fight for the people. You know what I mean? It's just, it's mm. absurd. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense at all. Mm. You know what I mean? This is this is like saying you know Satan is there to help you, you know, disengage from the atrocious manipulation of God. Mm. You know, is there to set you free? So, which I mean is a concept in of itself. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, but you know, what do you do in order to find out what's really going on, right? And what's really going on here is, am I being played? Am I being played? So that's number one question. But then, in dealing with an issue like that, that becomes extremely volatile and is very divisive amongst people. And we all know that of the phrase divide and conquer, right? If I was a leader that was interested in manipulating the crowds, I would throw that virus, no pun intended, in the crowds and make them fight amongst themselves, right? Because when they do, they get disempowered as we have illustrated several times already. Hmm. So, <clears throat> well, they, they lose their marbles. That's right. So in this case, my prevailing question is, what? first of all, what is the agenda behind this kind of thing? Because, I mean, think about it this way, right? The media took that video and made it an international sensation. Hmm. It wasn't like this organic thing. I mean, I'm sure that whoever, I don't know who shot this video to begin with, but uh, it is an act of public relations. Hmm. Act of, you know, I don't believe now whether or not, once again, let me be hmm. clear here. I am not advocating that this video should not be, you know, should not be shown. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if the media, is showing this, they have an agenda. And that agenda is not to bring peace and love mm. into the world. Mm. Now, if that is true, talk about truth, I don't know that truth. Because that truth makes zero sense to me, knowing what I know. But that's the first question. The first question is, why did that go out in such a blanketed uh, uh, way and why was it inflamed in such a way what was the the agenda of the people that actually did that hmm. let me once again state that i'm not saying that it was falsely put out there but even even if we all needed to see that which i believe we did that doesn't absolve the potentially manipulating 
agenda that uh, that the media put that out there to in order to achieve an insidious uh, result. Mm. So, if I'm putting this thing out there, I need to know if you're putting this thing out there. I need to know why you put it out there in the first place. But even if I can't, even if I can't adequately define the why, I need to know what is the suggested solution that this is going to bring into the world. Because so what is it going to achieve for the people who've put it out there? You mean no, no, for the people who receive, who are the receiving end. So because if I if I if I manage to make, you know, let's say you have a, a circle of five very close friends, and I, I mean, you you've probably read or, or seen movies about concepts like that. If I manage to dig in any dirt, you know, between all of the members of this close closely related group, and make all those. Uh, available instantly to all of them, you know, make that visible, then I'm accomplishing something. Mm. And that's something I would say that something is because I want all of you to start fighting amongst each other mm. and, uh, you know, probably just completely dissolve that relationship. That, sure. That's a rational way of looking at this. Now, once again, it doesn't matter whether or not what I'm presenting to you is truth. It, it totally could be the truth. <clears throat> I'm not yeah. saying it's falsely, it's fabricated. Mm -hmm. I'm saying it's the truth. But the fact that I'm bringing it out in such a fashion is aiming towards breaking the group up. So, And timing is an issue. Right. In the sense that uh, the, it goes back to my point is that there have been numerous situations here and nothing came out about any of them. So it's why is this one being picked on and being brought out? Because I'm quite sure that people have stood by and videoed other acts of violence against black people uh, in recent months and, and years and yet nobody picked it up and ran with it. Right. There, there are all these, I mean, of course, the fact that people are totally scared and pissed off because of the virus, because of the economy, because of all the, everything, everything, everything has a cumulative effect in how this issue is being uh, triggered and detonated. Mm. Okay. Now, as we view at this entire thing, the main question that I have is this. Let's assume for a minute that I have defined you to be a racist. And let's assume that, of course, I'm, if I define you to be a racist, then uh, perhaps I would, uh, I would deem myself being, you know, the, uh, the integral human being, the one that is... Mm. The anti-racist, right? Like that. Um, you're, I'm, you're the on, you're on the still. Right. I'm the good I'm the good person and you're the asshole. Right? Man Zeus. Yeah. <laughs> so so let's let's say just for a minute here that I managed to call you a racist, and I had, let's say I had a few reasons that would stand in a court of law. Your Honor, you know, Vincent is racist because he wanted to widen his teeth. Why? Anyway, so uh, if you're a racist and I'm not, is there anything I can do by force to make you not be a racist? This, this is one of the main questions that I have. Do you think there is anything to be done here so that your racism can be absolved because I think that this is as easy as trying to shame someone, a homosexual, into being straight. You understand? This is, it's to me, it, it's, in an, it's an insane concept.
I mean, it doesn't, even if we agree, all of us, that the people who say whatever they say are racist, which again, you know, I don't, I haven't followed all the details of all this closely. I just, you know, whatever, because, you know, I'm not very good with following the media and stuff because you know how I feel about it. But uh, it's impossible to completely bypass this, uh, being the social media is what it is in today's age. So I'm saying even if we do know that these people over there, these people are racist, and those people over here, they're not. Is there anything that the non-racist people can do to make the racist ones be not racist anymore. What do you think? I think that, um, I mean, if we go back to what this is about, I mean, it's about programming right. and the people who are racist and have racist ideas, they have those ideas because that's what they were fed. That's what they were taught in school. That's what they were um, brought up with at home, whatever. So it's a little bit like, I see green where other people see red. So I've been conditioned in that way. So it's really about uh, whether you, whether that person wants to change their programming. I don't think anyone is going to make them change their programming. It's just if that person wants to and is then helped to change, um, perhaps by presenting or having something framed to them in such a way that um, they might see things differently because the racism may have originally come from, it may have come from an event or it may have come from a period of conditioning. But I think it, it's only going to change if the person decides that they want to change it and if they're open to that. The idea that people on the other side, whether it's who have an opposite belief system and want people to stop. I don't believe it's possible to do that. I think it's it's like any belief system. It's 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 just you're not going to impose it on me and the more you probably try to impose it the more you probably ingrain it. And and I, I actually I think that what happened in South Africa has been interesting because you know that whole thing the whole the whole Afrikaans thing growing up with that and they putting apartheid in in place in the 1920s and then building on it and building on it. You know, that was all founded. And I mean, talk about having a an infrastructure which then completely underpinned it. I mean, they absolutely did. The idea that just because the system came down, that all of a sudden the people that were underpinning it have suddenly gone off and become non-racist is, is difficult to believe. There were a huge number of people in the middle ground, white people, who didn't really, you know, weren't into it and found it easy to flip sides, let's say, or they weren't on the racist side, but they didn't do anything to um, to bring racism down. But they certainly were able to move across fairly easily when the whole infrastructure fell down. So I think there's a lot of a, a lot of those. But I think the people who absolutely believed it. Um, and wanted to maintain it, I can't see them shifting their belief system, certainly not without work and a desire on their own part. Right. I think it's no different to what we've talked about over all these weeks when we're trying to change a belief system that we have about ourselves in order to move forward and you know be successful and be better at selling and all of that and all this conditioning that we would have had. Um, which gets in the way of that, it's actually challenging to change those kind of beliefs. So it's going to be equally challenging to change uh, beliefs such as racist beliefs. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. See, I am bringing this up today because I'm perplexed. I, I'm really looking to find a, a solution within me. Like how would I deal with that how would i deal with that deal with what with i mean how if it was up to me to, okay. re to resolve this conflict okay how would i do it and and 
I know that just as you said what you said right now, which I agree with wholeheartedly, if there is any way to pursue, it's like it's almost like a, a hostage negotiator. You know, a hostage negotiator is not gonna go, you know, there to the person who's like on the on the cliff hanging uh, and start berating them, you know, mm -hmm. and, and calling them names. <laughs> Right, that's never going to happen. This, you know, that's not going to work. Clearly, now, you know, one might say, "Well, but the hostage no negotiator is using tricks. There's no being honest. That doesn't mean that they believe what it is that they're saying." But that's irrelevant. Mm. What matters is, and you know, you keep on saying something to, to yourself or to somebody else you are bound to start seeing that perspective, the possibility of that perspective being the truth. Mm. And of course, in order to be a good hostage negotiator, in order to be a really good uh, persuasion expert, if there is such a thing, I'm sure there is. Mm. Persuasion expert, you cannot fabricate something and feed someone a lie mm. being uh, you know, because that's not that's not going to work. Even as a marketer, you know, if if what you if you believe that what you're selling is bullshit, I don't think there's any way you can be successful at selling it because mm -hmm. there is something in you, and that's something we call the subconscious mind, that is preventing you from putting you know the extra magic in it because it knows that the truth is that you've been a liar. So if you're a liar and you know it, you cannot convince anyone of your lies. You have to convince yourself of this first in order to be able to convince anybody else. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I get that in relation to an individual, you know, or even a couple of people. But I think it's clear from, you know, you see it with, corporate advertising, marketing, PR. I mean, there's a lot of people who push out messages in all kinds of industries that are clearly not good for us, that, and they just use the money to keep doing it, uh, to keep putting out the message. And they don't have to believe any of that because it's like as if there's a, I don't know whether it's the scale or whatever that it removes th their personal integrity from the situation it's just they just keep shoving it out i mean at this stage i mean how does anyone working at coca-cola believe that it's good for you <laughs> and that it's not you know doing what battery acid does to you on the inside it's well look and that's a very good question and look you're giving me another very good question at 53 minutes sorry about that <laughs> But let's just say that there is what I'm saying, actually, I do believe that is correct. And I will explain to you because I come from the advertising industry. Mm. So a person who's selling Coca-Cola may not think that Coca-Cola is good for you, but in their head, in their mind, they might be thinking, well, it's better for them to drink Coke than drink whiskey. And of course, you know, you would come and say, well, how about combining them both? <laughs> so, so you see, there's uh, there's always oh, I know to rationalize here. And it is my firm belief, and knowing a lot of people in the advertising industry, you know, I they're good people. Fundamentally, they're good people. Otherwise, I would have to accept that they're psychopaths or sociopaths, because only a sociopath would knowing that they're destroying someone with whatever it is that they're selling them, keep doing it happily. Well, they leave that to the executives of the actual Coca-Cola company. <laughs> maybe. 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 There's been enough evidence to show that what they're saying is destroying people. And, and you may be totally right about this, but there's also uh, the possibility that they have rationalized the crap out of their mission. Yeah. 
saying, hey, you know, I'm going to convert the entire world into drinking Coke versus drinking beer or versus, you know, drinking because this is a soft drink. You know, hey, it may be not it may not be the best thing for you, but it, it's not going to destroy your life like, uh, you know, drinking alcohol would. You see, that's yes, well. <laughs> perfect. Well, <laughs> You know, of course. You see, you're examining the truth from an entirely different perspective here. Yeah. So, ultimately then, let's just close this by saying that the truth, that truth may be available out there, but for the most part, it is irrelevant because we are looking at it through our tainted glasses, tainly, tainted uh, colored glasses. Hmm. And so we can never really see it for what it is. So I would say, this is what I propose. This is in dealing with this current crisis, this is what you propose. Well, <laughs> well you, okay, fine, you know, if you must go there. Um, I was gonna generalize it a little bit, but let's, let's go there, fine, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I'm proposing that we view this truth. We accept a truth that will empower us and that will empower the world. Sure. And creating villains, heroes and villains in a situation will not do that. Mm -hmm. I, I would propose that you look at the people that have opposite views from you, not as psychotic assholes, but look at them as if they were, you know, your child having an opinion, uh, uh, you know, uh, a view on life that is diametrically opposed from yours. Mm -hmm. Like they, you would, you would try to do anything to see it their way. You would try to approach them with love. You would try to, uh, you know, not, you know, put them up against the wall and threaten them with execution unless they say what you want to hear from them. Yeah. Why? Because clearly you would accomplish nothing. Because if you do that, you may as well pull the trigger because these people uh, will retaliate even more so. Yeah. So then... I mean that's the that's the basis for all of the like the longevity of all of these conflicts that have been going on in the world, like the Arab-Israeli stuff, etc. And the only time, like here we have in Ireland, the only way that there was any kind of uh, peace process brought about was when both extreme sides of the 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 coin managed to move to a place where they started to sit down and have conversations, albeit through mediators and negotiators. But through doing that, they were able to come much, much closer. I mean, now at least when they're knocking lumps out of each other, it's from across kind of seats in a parliament, but at least they're doing it in a in a more civilized way than they were before. So it's it's only these these long term conflicts only get resolved. In fact, even going back to the South African one, it was it was only when was it F. W. de Klerk, I think it was, who was president at the time, who actually went in and spoke with Mandela, and and then things started to shift from there. So it takes that kind of bravery, that preparedness to go and see what the perspective of the other side is. Empathy, I suppose, in, in, in a lot of cases, uh, in order to move these things along. So what you're saying is it makes perfect sense. Once in a while that happens. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you've, got, you've got form. <laughs> oh, thank you, my friend. Uh, it is always a pleasure to um, examine all these issues with you, being uh, the rational and gentle human being that you are. <laughs> Yeah. So we have exhausted our time once again, and we went over. I don't. I, I think that at this point, I don't. I don't know that we can do otherwise. No, 
Yeah. We start off thinking that we've got about 10 minutes in this <laughs> one of material, and then then it seems to be getting longer. I mean, just as a as a final word to to kind of finish as as we bring it to a close. I mean, what are, what are your 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 thoughts around this as a global thing? Let's let's. I I I was being, uh, I was bringing you into this specific situation. But if you were to just put it into the context of the global one, are you saying that the way that you resolve these issues, the way that you bring rationality to them, is for at least one party to to go and meet the other side, be prepared to be open and see the perspective of the other side. It it takes one person to do that. Is that, that the essence of what yes, absolutely. And and again, in this kind of case right now, this is this is very iffy because it's not like I said, you you'll be very hard pressed to find anyone that justifies what happened to this man. Mm. Okay, so then you know, even if the the authorities tried in the beginning to cover it up did they do that because they they thought that yeah that's not a big deal no i think they did it because they didn't want to be in trouble they didn't mm. want to bring heat upon them mm. and so you know it's all it's all it's all political at this point so mm. everybody agrees that what this dude did was absolutely inhumane and absolutely just evil. Everybody knows, everybody agrees on that. I, I would like to believe. But, mm. you know, in order to bring the issue of racism uh, onto, like, level the, level the playing field, you have to find, you have to be able to, if you could, find these people that advocate that racism is okay and have the other people that are like, no, you know, this is bullshit. There's no way that this is the truth. Let's sit down and talk about it. Mm. Right? And of course, once again, I'm not, I'm not advocating that by talking about it, you would find resolution. But this is the first approach towards, you know, getting somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And but, I think the challenge in the current situation is that unlike where you have in conflicts like we had in Northern Ireland or you had with the in South Africa or you know and all of these conflicts that were ultimately resolved it was it was clear who 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 the two sides were and who represented both sides so therefore difficult as as it was to take the steps to move together at least you had something clear by way of um the two parties um to have a conversation, whereas here it's not clear who the two parties are. Like there's a there's a movement, um, which is not really like it's not like Martin Luther King is at the front of it, and then he's going and talking to specific people. It's all very vague at the moment, mm -hmm. which which probably until some degree of leadership emerges from it, um, is going to make it more difficult to have those kind of conversations. Exactly. And finishing, closing this up. Again. <laughs> Again. Third time. Uh, in order to get anywhere, we need to be able to first identify the issue and then address the issue in the same way that we would address a limiting belief because that's exactly what it is. All these issues are limiting beliefs. Mm. So you can't beat someone over the head with a baseball bat to convince them that their limiting beliefs are mm. limiting them and everybody else around them. Okay, mm. that's, that's, this is not gonna work. <laughs> so there you go and there you have it, my friend. Yeah. I hope by the next week where we tackle the next concept, uh, things will be a lot less inflammatory. People will be in a better place emotionally yeah. and uh, mentally. And until that time, let's be careful out there. And don't let your mind kill you. 
Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. If you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And you'd be doing us a big favour if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week. (laughs) 